Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host, Katie Weaver. She's also, of course, my partner in crime and my sister. Right. We have Some plenty going on. And I live stream, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're just getting started. We have some stuff to share with you. But as usual, we do our little check-in. So Katie, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. I actually went on another cemetery adventure today. You did? I did. I didn't film it because we're going to have to go back together. But uh, I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this morning with my husband. Ooh. He had some work there and I just rode along because, you know, Jackson. And... Mm -hmm. While we were there, I thought, you know, I've never been to the cemetery here. And so my husband isn't as big of a cemetery enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> it's an so acquired taste. Yeah. So I really had to, uh, you know, kind of force him to take me over there, to be honest. But <laughs> we went to the cemetery. That is the wildest place. I mean, we saw some amazing things over the weekend in our cemetery tour. Mm -hmm. This one blew my freaking mind. Really? It's literally carved into the side of the mountain in between ski slopes uh, at Snow King Ski Mountain. Wait, ski we Mountain. To... That's not correct. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And like some of it, I he was mad that we were doing in our car because you almost need to be in a pickup or an SUV <laughs> to even do it. Wow. It is the craziest, coolest thing ever. So anyway, we'll be going back together because you guys oh, have good. to see this. But oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's and who I am. I'm just, awesome. you know, basking in the glow of yet another cemetery. There you go. Well, <laughs> this way, you know, only some of the cemetery tour has been released. We released mm -hmm. some of it. We have a couple more shows coming out of it. You just mm -hmm. have to know we were in one of the most remote places you can get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we just didn't always have service. So some of what we're going to do, we're going to cover on a pre-recorded show, but we have lots more coming from the cemetery tour, but we sure mm -hmm. had a good time. Oh man. We drove so deep into the wilderness that we didn't have service for many, many hours. Yeah. Our poor sister who was driving us was kind of terrified. Mm. I don't think she knew what she signed up for. I, I assured her that I knew where we were going and I was really keeping my fingers crossed the whole time that I actually did. <laughs> well, hopefully we can talk her into going on another one. Oh uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Mar said she's sitting the next one out. Oh, is she? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well see. we had a great time and you want right. to keep an eye out for some, uh, some more shows coming from that cemetery tour. Cause we have more stories to tell. You may have noticed that we mm -hmm. released an episode last night, which was our Stephanie crane episode. Yeah. One of the reasons we went to the chalice and salmon area was to cover the Stephanie Crane case because she, of course, went missing out of Chalice. Yeah. And Sunday was the 27th anniversary of her disappearance. So if you haven't seen that episode, definitely go watch it. Katie gives a very specific read about what happened to Stephanie Crane. Mm -hmm. And we remember it very clearly because we were kids living here in Idaho when it happened. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those cases that you'll never forget if you lived around here when it when it occurred. You know, it's kind of like the Daybell case where the... Dior Coons yeah. case. Absolutely. Want to yeah. say hi to our chatters. We're live streaming from YouTube and from Facebook. We're doing double duty, but all of yeah. your chat just shows up in one place for us in our software. So we'll we're just seeing you all at once. So we want to welcome you, Kimberly and RJ and Glowing Ember. And hi, Nat. 
and mm. uh, Mrs. Chronic Chronicles. I love it. <laughs> I would love to know why that's your name. I love it. I know. Um, I always, I'm, I'm always super curious about your uh, your uh, screen names on here. That's great. I know you guys have some cool ones. I'm very generic. It's just well, my name. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So yeah. I know a little more creative than me. Yeah. Well, except for our true crime paranormal, of course. Well, but of anyways. course. There's so that. I guess that's that's more creative. I guess I'll give us that. But. Yeah. So we have just a couple of um, daybell updates. Not a lot, but Katie, do you want to share what's coming yeah. up? So there is court at the end of this month. It looks like it's on the 24th. And that, it sounds like there will be a conversation about the joinder at that time. The idea that, uh, you know, the prosecutor has asked to join Lori and Chad's cases. And uh, of course, uh, Chad's attorney has said loudly that he does not want to do that. And Lori's attorney has said loudly that he definitely does want to do that. So there'll be a conversation about that as well as the conversation about Chad's attorney asking for the whole damn thing to be thrown out. I know. <laughs> I cannot wait for yeah. that hearing. Yeah. Because I can just sort of hear Prosecutor Woods cackling. Yeah. He won't. He'll crack a smile, maybe. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm I'm dying to to see what the response is to this. Yeah, it it should be good. So, mm -hmm. uh, and some of you guys are saying that on the cemetery tour you had a hard time hearing because of the wind. Yes. I know, and it sucks. And you know what really sucks? I spent an entire day last week, Wednesday, uh, setting up a lapel mic and the whole situation because I knew the wind was going to be a problem, and it failed us. And so we ended yeah. up having to battle the wind anyway. That is something we absolutely will fix before our next outdoor endeavor. Definitely. We're, we're learning. We're, we're yeah. definitely learning. And, and one thing we forget because we live here, we're just used to it, is that the wind always blows in Idaho. Mm -hmm. There's this joke that uh, Utah sucks and Idaho blows. I don't know if you've ever heard <laughs> it, but it's really true. The wind never stops blowing here. So <laughs> never quits. Yep. But yeah, we're pretty excited to see what's going to happen in these hearings. Just, I'm very curious yeah. to hear the justification for joining the cases and not joining the cases and where that's all going to go. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Plus just the massive eye roll that's going to come out of the request to uh, drop all the charges against Mr. Chad Daybell. That just is cracking me up. Uh, yeah. I'm loving it. So uh, yeah, Kimberly says, Chad and Lori are a match made in hell. Aren't they, though? Truly, they are. Truly, well, they are. You know, we've covered this case uh, extensively, and we haven't caught a whole lot of blowback except for from a few other YouTubers that were uh, just mad because we had information they didn't. But, it, you know, yeah. that was whatever. But I read some really um, disturbing stuff today in the Morphew case. Mm. The Suzanne Morphew case. Yes. That some of the YouTubers that have really covered that one in depth. And I'll tell you guys. I have followed that case deeply and have felt absolutely no desire to cover it publicly. I just mm -hmm. haven't. However, some of the uh, the YouTubers that have covered it in depth have been receiving some pretty serious death threats that the FBI has had to get involved in. Good heavens. Some YouTubers have deleted their accounts or deleted all of their episodes. They have... Uh, some of them have just completely walked away from this. So wow. really wild stuff happening with that Morphew case. Um, yeah. Anyhow. So I don't know. That one really, that kind of grabbed me today thinking, wow. I mean, 
I guess we've been lucky and, uh, you know, that we've, we've gone deep, deep within the Daybell case and have, you know, again, caught very little blowback, but mm -hmm. wow, the Morphew case has gotten pretty serious, pretty crazy. Yeah, that's very interesting. Wow. I had not heard that. I wonder who is, um, yeah, behind that, behind that. Yeah. Well, see, there's a big, you know, a lot of people really think that her husband is, uh, is behind her disappearance mm -hmm. and his, uh, and some of his friends. And so that's kind of the going theory, but I don't want to say too much. <laughs> right. And maybe that's anyway. it. I mean, with, with the Daybell case, it's a little okay. different because the uh, perpetrators are in jail. So it's not like they're going oh. after anybody. They don't really have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So DB says they had the same saying in Texas, that Texas sucks and Oklahoma blows. Ah. So now you know. <laughs> well, and uh, somebody said, uh, and Colorado inhales. <laughs> uh -huh. True, true. I love oh. it. Glowy Ember wants to know, what was some of the info on Chad and Lori's that others didn't have? Okay. The episode that really rocked the boat. Yeah. Re really made some people mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the only one that we've caught much on was the episode about the potential of them having a seventh victim. Yeah. And what happened is that we had gotten, we got a lead from an anonymous source. Uh, well, a source we're protecting, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. And I reached out to several people that I know that live in that direct area to find out, you know, to see if that was, what was being said and everyone I talked to said, Oh yeah, that's exactly what that that's what everyone's saying out here, mm -hmm. you know, within that area. So the, the theory is that there's a seventh victim right? that Chad had a neighbor that was a follower of his, he and his wife, and that uh, it's possible that he saw something the day that, uh, that Tylee was buried. Mm-hmm. He died from a pulmonary embolism just a few days after Tylee was buried. Yeah. And if that yeah, sounds I, at all familiar, it's because there are some other people who died in a very similar way in this case. Yeah. Yes. And then, so that's what we were talking about is that the people, the neighbors and the ward members, that that's kind of the scuttlebutt out there is that they're really speculating that perhaps he saw too much and mm -hmm. this is what happened. We laid that information out as careful as we could, carefully. We didn't give the location of his home. We didn't even give his exact uh, occupation. Like, we tried to not be too, you know, we weren't trying to, uh, you know, sick the world on his widow or anything no, like that. No, we really were trying to not identify them yeah. by name. But apparently there was a YouTube or a Facebook group that had been uh, also speculating on this who kind of felt like they owned that information and they were super mad at us for spilling it. Yeah. We didn't get it from them. It came from an anonymous, you know, from a source. It just, it came from a source. And then again, I verified it with so many people. Like it wasn't really a secret. You know? No, it but wasn't, it was but nobody really talked about discussed. it publicly. Yeah. 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 So, so mm -hmm. anyway, we, we caught a little hate on that one, but the, <laughs> it was two parts on that episode. Actually, there were two things that really made people mad. In that episode, we also had shared an email that Chad wrote uh, talking about kind of some of his end of days uh, prophecies and visions and things. Mm 
Yeah. And he referred to the Mormons as the saints. Yes. And we said, because you guys, you've probably noticed in the Daybell stuff, a lot of times we'll break down the Mormonisms, you know, because a lot of the terminology that's used, the way they, you know, things that are said, sometimes you guys don't understand what they mean unless you have a background in Mormonism. And so we always break that stuff down. So we had said in the video that Mormons sometimes refer to themselves as the saints which yeah. is 150% true. Well, it's literally uh, you know, in the name, the Church yeah. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. When we were kids, our grandpa called the church the saints. That's all he called them. Like, mm-hmm. that's just known fact. Yeah. That was the other one that really pissed people off. It was the same people that were mad about uh, breaking the neighbor story. But for some reason, that really upset people. I was very surprised. I had no idea that would be the thing that people came after us for. <laughs> Me too, because we we grew up with that terminology so much, you know, living in this area that I was like, well, duh, that's, you know, pretty yeah. obvious. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> Apparently it's not. We were accused of being liars that we obviously don't know anything about the church, if that's what we think. <laughs> which is hilarious because, you know. We have a deep background in the LDS church and ancestry and, you know, it's whatever. Like, I don't need to have a scripture battle with them, but you right. know, <laughs> it just makes me laugh that, uh, that that made people so mad. Yeah, I know. It was very interesting. You just yeah. never know. But, you know, we haven't had yeah. to involve the FBI in any death threats. So let's just say that's good news. Right. Yeah. So really? Oh, I think we're batting a thousand, truly. <laughs> I, I think we are. I think we are. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Now we aired all our dirty laundry. We did. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So yeah. the other update we wanted to talk about was an update in the Samuel Little case. So you may know this name. I assume you probably do if you're interested in true crime. Samuel Little is believed to be probably the most um, prolific serial killer in the United States who's been caught. Mm-hmm. And just recently, a 30-year-old woman who is named Patricia Parker has been identified as one of his victims in the early 80s. It's so insane what's going on with Little. Since 2018, he has been confessing to an unbelievable number of murders. Like, they're up to about 93. Yeah. Um, It's so many of them, most of whom he did not know their names. And he he does have kind of this scary good memory, like super creepy scary good memory, in that he draws portraits of women that he murdered. And the FBI has actually been using those to try to help identify um, unidentified uh, dead women. And they did identify um, Patricia Parker this just quite recently. They actually... um, Based on some of the things that the situation around her death and what Little had told them, they determined that it probably is one of his cases, that this is probably one of his victims. They um, found remains in uh, Dade County. Uh, He had taken her from Chattanooga and then killed her in in Dade County, Georgia. Wow. They... um, did a forensic reconstruction of her face with her skull and put that out there. And her family actually identified her from that. And they did some DNA and proved that it is in fact Patricia little. And so at least, you know, one more in his horrific run of murders 
has been identified. At least her family can bury her and know what happened to her. Um, little targeted women that were from vulnerable groups. And so, you know, sex workers, addicts, stuff like that. He really believed that he wouldn't ever get caught because he didn't think anybody cared about um, these women. Like no one's looking for them. No one's going to care. No one's ever going to catch him. And, you know, Mm. it took him forever to get caught. This is what kills me about him. Okay. He's been murdering since the seventies. Up to around 2005, he was actually um, finally arrested and convicted in 2012. And he's now been convicted of eight murders, has eight convictions, serving eight life sentences. But he got away with a lot for a long time. He went to prison in 1961 for breaking into a furniture store. By 1975, he had been arrested 26 times in 11 states. For crimes like theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. And I mean, this this is in, by 1975, and this guy was still walking free. In 1982, he got arrested and charged with the murder of Melinda Rose LaPree. And the grand jury did not indict him. And so he went free on that case. Wow. Let's see. The... Sorry for my dogs. I do not know what they're doing right now other than barking their fool heads off. Someone must have had the nerve to walk past your house. Probably. And then again, let's see. He got he got off again in 1982. No, 1984. Um, he, let's see. This was Patricia Ann Mount, whose body was found in September of 1982. A witness identified him in court as a person who had spent time with her on the night before her disappearance. But there was distrust of this witness's testimony. They didn't find them credible. So they let him go. That was in 84. Okay. So he just Uh, keeps on murdering. They know for sure he continued killing women up until 2005. And they, they haven't had any confessions since 2005, although he was, um, he was uh, not arrested until 2012, but he has murdered around 93 women. He has drawn some of the creepiest looking um, portraits mm-hmm. of women whom he has killed. Yeah. I'm going to share a few here with you guys. Yeah, I do. Cause they're wow. Yeah. Yikes. He, he is 80 years old now and in pretty poor health and is, you know, obviously not, going to uh you know serve a whole lot of time for the things that he's done i mean they keep convicting him and three states have convicted him of eight murders but there are actually 19 states with cases against him it is insane completely insane but to think that twice the legal system had him and had they kept him had they held on to him you think about how many women would have lived. Right. It's pretty awful to think that on those two different occasions that he got off, Mm -hmm. if they had been able to convict him, how many women would have lived? Yeah. So Katie's showing some of the portraits. So the FBI discovered in 2018, when he started making all these confessions that he likes to draw so they started providing him with drawing supplies and asking him to draw pictures of the women that he had murdered 
in hopes that they could actually literally use some of them to identify as victims, which is that which has worked. Right. Right. Well, because he didn't know their names, but he knew their faces. No, he would come it's up behind him and, you know, conk them on the head and then strangle them and rape them. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. he didn't know who any of them were. If well, you look. Glowing Ember said he must have had a photographic memory. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he has this scary good yeah. memory, but it's hard to remember someone that you didn't even actually know their name. You just came up behind him to murder him. Yeah. So bizarre. I would so, be curious to know because most of them, he has them dressed in a specific color. I'd just be curious to know if that was actually what they were wearing when they died. Right. I know. I've wondered that. Like how, how specific in detail are these? Yeah. There's this giant list of his victims that are basically roughly give at least the year that they died and, um, maybe a location or at least a state and possibly a city. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe a first name. A few of them have a first name. Um, a few of them just kind of have a weird nickname. And then some of them have like specific, like full names. Like these were people that he actually did know. Uh -huh. But most of them um, are, are identified as unnamed black female or unnamed Hispanic female. It's just unbelievable to it's me horrific. that he was well, so. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> just that he that he worked under the radar for that long, right? Well, and that he wasn't under the radar and wasn't prosecuted. That's just no, oh my gosh, he was arrested all the time. But the, what was happening is, I mean, this is in the seventies and the eighties, and he's traveling between states. And at that time, there wasn't a great set up for um, law enforcement to communicate with people with other law enforcement in other states. Mm -hmm. And so he could go commit um, all kinds of stuff in one state and then go to another state and the other states wouldn't know about him. You know, now right. the systems are all national and you can look people up and, you know, it's way better than it used to be. Right. And so now he wouldn't get away with that. But because of the time frame that he was so active um, is, is, is a big part of why. I mean, he was yeah. also traveling all the way across the U S he was 19 States yeah, from Georgia, clear to California and back. He's in yeah. prison in California. Yeah. Just wild. But they're slowly, desperately trying to identify as many of his victims as they can and get as much information out of him before he dies. I mean, he's 80, he's in prison, he's not in good yeah. shape. And so they're trying to get at least closure for as many of these victims' families as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what a daunting task this must be? No. For the FBI investigators that are trying to figure this all out? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's unthinkable. They believe that they have linked 50 murders to him. Mm -hmm. But he has confessed at least to 93 yeah. It's just unbelievable. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, so, and I've read about him before. You know, I, yeah. I was familiar with him before, but I, this came up in my Google alerts that he had, that they've, you know, identified another of his victims so that at least her family yeah. has some, um, some closure. Yeah. I just shared a side-by-side -side of one of the pictures he drew versus who the victim was. I just thought that was interesting to actually get to see 
a it's peak it. Surprisingly accurate, isn't it? Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty glowing. Amber says, wasn't it the Bundy case that got Ellie to begin sharing information from one state to another? Yes, it is. Yeah, it yeah. finally dawned on law enforcement that, you know, people were they, they they had criminals traveling across state lines and and not communicating. And there was a time when there was yeah. quite a bit of hostility between states not yeah. communicating. And mm -hmm. finally, people figured out that they had to do that. It was also the invention of computers and the Internet that really helped with it as well, that these big national databases can exist so that people can see um, that, uh, you know, what's going on with people in other states. Mm-hmm. Because he was, he lived pretty much as a transient, and so he yeah. was just traveling from state to state, living in homeless shelters. He did a lot of shoplifting and other kinds of theft, and that's how he supported himself. And he just kind of blend in and move on, you know, and go somewhere else. And yeah, and and then you know, unfortunately, he was murdering women that, um, because of their circumstances, maybe weren't missed immediately. Yeah. weren't necessarily using their real names. People didn't necessarily know exactly who they were. Maybe they were not in the state that they were from. And so it's been difficult to identify them. Mm -hmm. It's just an insane situation. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I will say that I am very grateful that now he has at least spoken up so that people can get some closure. Yeah. I can't imagine going 40 years having lost a family member like that and not knowing anything about what happened to them. Exactly. Like exactly. Patricia Parker's family. You know, that's, that's yeah. horrible. That's just, that's torturous. Yeah, absolutely. Blowing Ember says, is this girl a verified victim? The one you're showing she is, isn't she? She is a verified victim. Yep. Yeah. Her name is Denise brothers. Uh, she was killed by little in 1994 when she was 38. Wow. Yep. That is wild. But yeah, th that picture, the picture he drew and the photograph of her are shockingly similar. Yeah. Yep. What a weird brain this dude has. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess he kind of has started to have a little bit of guilt. One of the things that he said is that there are probably numerous people who are, have been convicted and sent to penitentiary on my behalf. Uh -huh. I say, if I can help get somebody out of jail, you know, God might smile a little bit more on me. Uh huh. And so that's why he's revealing this now mm -hmm. is the idea that, you know, you think about there, there could be lots of wrongfully convicted people out there convicted mm -hmm. of his crimes. Yeah. But that's sure. what he's guilty about. I mean, he should be guilty about all of it. Yeah. But it's kind of a weird, like, that's his concern. Mm hmm Yeah. So it looks like actually nearly all of his victims were Black or Hispanic. But yes. there were a few white women thrown in. There were, yeah. But nearly all. it was all, pretty opportunistic. Yeah. I mean, whatever he could, whoever he could grab quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did actually kill um, a black transgender woman also. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. That was Marion or Marianne. Wow. That was in the early 70s in Florida. I don't know that that one's been identified yet, but. So That's a lot of it was about opportunity. Mm -hmm. 
because he did kill, you know, mostly we're talking about women in their early 20s, but there are a few older women in their 40s and 50s as well. Yeah, yeah. So it did seem like, you know, he kind of had a preference, but at the same time, he would take what he could get. Yeah. Wow. That's a hell of a case. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's like you could cover little for a year. Yeah. You know, easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then where would your brain be? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. To delve into all of these. It's, it's wild. Mm. Um, glowing ember says selfish reasoning for admitting his guilt. So God will show mercy on him. What about those serving time for his crime? Right. It's still very self-serving. The whole thing is very self-serving just about him personally, you know, that maybe this will make things better for him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it just tells you what kind of a psychopath he is. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Like I need some brain bleach after that one. (laughs) Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's, uh, it is, thank goodness there is, well, I mean, with the internet now, I mean, you know, it just, it's made everything so different and law enforcement in general, but yeah, thank goodness at some point law enforcement started cooperating across state lines like that or yeah. yikes. Right. I mean, we, we can hope that something like this can't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. We can hope, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like there seems to always be a way. And some people just have the ability to just kind of blend in too. And I feel like yeah. this guy did he just mm-hmm. had that ability. He just knew how to blend in and mm-hmm. he didn't really stand out in this way. I mean, he did and that he was just kind of a petty criminal, but that may be why, you know, that he wasn't seen as being something more sinister. Yeah. Just gross. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Well, it's interesting when you look at profiles of serial killers, you know, but we'd like to think we have an idea of who they would be, but we really don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's some markers, but it's really interesting. I was thinking about the case that we did. Oh, it might not have been for YouTube. It might've been for Patreon. It might, I think it was a femme fatale case we did, but Mm -hmm. the gist of it is that it was a, a serial killer out of Mexico, a female serial killer. Oh, the wrestler. Who, yes, who was, yeah, she was a, a Mexican pro wrestler. She mm-hmm. was a professional lady by day and a serial killer by night. She totally blended in. She didn't meet any kind of criteria for no. thinking she would be a, ser- a serial killer. And she killed know. close to 50 women. Yeah. Elderly women. That was her, her mark was elderly women. It was. Yeah. You want to know more about her? Join us over on Patreon. Yeah, uh, because that is a that is a case we did for our Patreon. So if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a it's a way to help support what we do. You can ple- mm-hmm. make a, a small monthly pledge, and for that, you get some free content. Mm-hmm. And we did a femme fatale case um, last month, and she was one of mm-hmm. them that we covered. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh wow! Glowing Ember says, "Did you know Trisha Griffith of Web Sleuths was approached by Ted Bundy as a teenager?" He tried to get her to go to his car to give directions. Soon after, that girl escaped in the girl that escaped in Utah occurred. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a friend, a colleague, who got in Ted Bundy's car as a hitchhiker. Yeah. And Ted Bundy was know. actually active in the area of Idaho where we live. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, this happened in Colorado, but yeah, got oh, in with him oh as uh, an astrologer friend of ours. Got in his car in the seventies, and Ted Bundy said to him, "What would you do? Or how did you know I'm not a serial killer or something?" And he said something along the lines of, "I think I'll take my chances. I'm a pretty big guy." <laughs> well, then years down the road, but he always kind of stuck with him that that dude was creepy and, you know, mm -hmm. but he hitchhiked quite a bit, actually. But down the road, then he discovered, holy Moses. <laughs> that was Ted Bundy. He sees him in the news and realizes that was Ted Bundy. Yeah. And he actually had asked him, what would you do if you thought I was a serial killer or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had forgotten mm -hmm. about that story. That is wild. That is totally wild. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever heard about the guy who held women with a box? No. Oh, oh Colleen, Colleen Stan. Stan. Look we'll look that one up. Well, yeah. Yeah, for we'll sure. Look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you all joining us tonight. That's our update for tonight. We want to yeah. remind you, though. Do you yeah. want to remind them? Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Mountain Time-ish. Uh, Sometimes we're a few minutes late, and that's usually my fault. I'll admit it right now. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a tech problem, it's a hair problem, or it's something else. But anyway, uh, we'll be back for our new show that we're doing on Thursday nights. This is our uh, the Psychic Hour with us on Thursday nights. So yeah. some of you guys are here for true crime. Some of you are here for our psychic work. Some of you are here for whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But that's the night that we'll do. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some metaphysical topic and then we'll do readings from the chat. So yep. we started this last week. We issued marching orders for October. It was super fun. We had a really banging chat. We had a great time. So did. guys, awesome. if that resonates with you, come back. It's going to be great. So tomorrow night. And keep an eye out because we have some really fun content coming from our cemetery tour. Yeah. We did uh, find a 100-plus-year-old cold case that we're going to work on with you yep. guys. So that's going to be super fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. So, and yeah. thank you. You're all talking in the chat, not not our friend is not even the only one to have had a little uh yeah um a, a little interaction yeah. with ted bunny that is just scary yeah glad you're all okay right <laughs> glowing ember said those hair and makeup people can really put creators behind can't they yes <laughs> oh, if we really had them it'd be great <laughs> well, it's usually my teenage daughter who looks at me and goes did you brush your hair <laughs> um, yes oh why does it does, does it look like I didn't brush my hair? No, I was just wondering. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! To be seventeen and have perfect hair, right? <laughs> perfect hair. No kidding. Well, yeah. thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters, and uh, please stay tuned. We've got lots more great content coming up. Have a great night, guys. Take care, guys. Thanks. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments 
and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.